0: Welcome to The Asylum. Now, your
1: hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Two days removed from hearing about Snooty the Dead Manatee. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back into The Asylum here in the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. I am Rick Briggs. My partner, Rick Flieger, is making his way over the mic from the production studio because... Um,
0: Javier still, yeah. hobby, I can't, dance I couldn't remember.
1: Alejandro, Alejandro, that's what we called Her-Mosa. him. Yeah,
0: Hermosa.
1: Yeah, he's uh, still in competitive interpretive dance, and uh, we can't seem to
0: get him out. So, so again, if you live in the Western Pennsylvania area. You want to be in studio. You want to be a producer. If you work for free and will bring us beer, the job is yours. Those are all the qualifications you need. So check it out. Check us out at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFantasySports.com, and uh, here we go, Rick again. Thursday training camps rolling out right now as we as we speak. Teams are checking in. It's go time, Rick. It is football season.
1: Yes, indeed. I mean, there's no question about that. There's a lot of rumors already starting to circulate through the the media world. And you don't know. I mean, you're getting some of this stuff from fairly reliable sources. One source says San Francisco may be cutting Carlos Hyde. Another source says they're looking for him to have a big year. That other source being LaDainian Yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah, Ladanian Thompson, exactly. So, I mean, you know, you just don't know yet. And, you know, it, it all shakes out when training camp
0: starts, and thank God it's this week. Yeah, yeah it, it's time. We're hearing Kyle Shanahan. Carlos Hyde just isn't in the mold, I guess, of what he wants in, in a running back, so – I I don't know what the mayor Rick Caglin. You you have an awful story. You just want to get to it right away and get it out of the way. Are we gonna? Talk a little no. football
1: first. We'll talk a little football well, was, first. Can, I mean, we're still trying to recover from Snooty the dead manatee. You're still losing
0: <laughs> your mind over old Snooty. It's been two full days, Rick, and you, well, you I mean, haven't The poor guy was 69 you. years old. I
1: mean, that was just tough to get over. I mean, it's, it's no question
0: about that. So, I mean, you wonder, does Shanahan like Joe Williams that much? I'll tell you what, he rockets up draft boards. I don't know much about the kid, I'll be honest. Shanahan can ostracize somebody. Yeah, it's, very quickly it runs in the family. You know yeah, what I mean, so Kyle could come in there. And or is clean that house?
1: MCL just not healing up? Well, for there, Carlos Hyde, we haven't discussion. seen enough just to, to really determine whether or not he's even healthy right now. I, I was actually fantasy wise targeting Carlos Hyde for yeah. an RB too. I was in on. Ladanian
0: Tomlinson's camp where I had you know felt like he was due for a big year because while it's brian hoyer that's an upgrade over anything they had at quarterback last year and for six to eight games brian hoyer's a really good quarterback problem is they play 16 but we've seen this out of him we saw it with the bears we saw it with the texans for six to eight game stretches this guy can really move an offense and so you bring that in you bring in a pierre garcon if carlos Hyde's healthy boy you think he'd come <clears> in and just get rolling so these reports are very surprising and i'd be stunned if it happened i'll just say i'm Rarely stunned. I would be absolutely stunned if that happened. But if it did, now it becomes real interesting. I mean, somebody going to snap him up within about 15 seconds after that happens. I would happened. think so,
1: unless uh, unless it is something injury yeah. concern. That That's MCL? the only reason yeah. he wouldn't be picked up somewhere.
0: You were saying before we went on air that you thought you read somewhere that they, he may not be ready for week one still right. at that MCL? Yeah. I mean, he's been in the league long enough. It wouldn't surprise me if he took it real easy in True. camp. But to say he's not ready for week one, that, that you need to pay attention to. When they're already saying that here at the end of July,
1: yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's just something to monitor as we move along here. By the time we get to the AFC West, we'll be almost into the season because yeah. let's face it, we're
0: going to the Hall of Fame next week. Yes, sir. And we, we can uh, ask Ladanian <clears throat> Tomlinson about his Carlos Hyde uh, comment. And in fact, uh, I say we do that, Rick. Yeah. Let's jot that down. We'll ask him that. I mean, getting in that mode, Rick. A week away, a week from tonight, we will be on the field, hopefully. Anyhow. It's the Hall yeah. of Fame game, which, don't forget, has been moved to Thursday. So while it's preseason, it's the worst preseason game of the year, there's going to be NFL football one week from tonight. Wrap, wrap that around your mind hole if you can. Exactly.
1: It is the worst game you will ever see, but it's NFL fever. It, it, it it it's, just, it's cool in person. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, probably
0: go for a quarter, right, if we don't have uh, locker room access after the game. You stick around for a quarter just to check it out to hear the pads pop, or we'll be there the whole time if we can get back down on that field like exactly. we did a, did a couple years ago. So, And then Friday we'll be meet, we'll be meeting with the Hall of Famers and LaDainian Thompson, probably the headliner of that class. So we'll, we'll ask him the Carlos Hyde question. Still trying to decide if I have the guts to ask Jerry Jones the Ezekiel Elliott question. What's the worst he does, tell me to get bent? I think we should do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, he'll
0: he'll politely
1: tiptoe around it somehow yeah. and get back to himself, or throw
0: his water bottle at us, which he would could. be great. Yeah. Great video. So be following next week. Obviously, we'll remind you on next week's shows. But be following asylum at asylum Football and com. <laughs> lots of video, lots of audio. We're going to do a better job this year getting all that posted up for probably you. Probably
1: be doing another live <laughs> show from Radio Row. Probably, well, I don't know if our old buddy Dennis Farrell will be stopping by. We usually do
0: yeah, a know. guest sure. spot
1: with him. I'm not sure he's going to be there. Maybe an old buddy of
0: ours, Bob Long, will we pop in. We should record a show out there, shouldn't we?
1: We always do on Radio Row. We didn't do one last year. I wasn't there last oh, that's year, remember? Right. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. but we'll do a show. We'll, uh, we'll put one together, so there'll be some bonus content for that. So, good. Let's yeah. do that. All right, Rick, uh, not, kind of light on news a little bit. You know, we were speaking to Kyle Shanahan. Do you care at all that Matt Ryan called him out last week for his play calling in the second half of the Super Bowl? Is that even a news story? No. It's a That's... story, I guess, that Ryan actually said it publicly, but it's what everybody else in the country was thinking, right?
1: Well, yeah. I, mean... I guess I'm
0: a little surprised Ryan said it.
1: Well, and let's face it, can we blame – it all on on Shanahan blowing a lead like that because of play calling.
0: I'll tell you what though, I think one play can get that ball rolling with a team like the New England Patriots. Could Matt
1: Ryan have thrown that ball away instead of getting sacked and Perhaps. then kick a field goal? Perhaps. I mean
0: I do not I d I don't I don't go
1: along with that point and finger stuff. Yeah, maybe he called it a little too conservative, but last well, I think
0: time Ryan was saying he was too aggressive. They should have ran the ball on that
1: well, that's play, true.
0: Or, kick the field goal, and the game was over. Yeah, but Matt Ryan doesn't have to take a sack. Well, and the thing and, the thing uh, is, you can play this what if. If they do sure. run the ball, don't get the first down, they miss the field goal, New England goes down, and scores We're saying he was too conservative, right? So sure. I think they, they bungled it all up. That got the ball. i just surprised he brought it up. That's not really a It's called story.
1: sour grapes is what it, it is. is. And it's called pointing the finger and... I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of like throwing the guy that left under the bus. I mean, that's easy to so, do, right? Yeah, sure. He's gone. It
0: was his fault. It's his idiot. fault.
1: Now we're going to be a lot better this right, year. Right. I agree. And, and we'll
0: get to the AFC South. I want to have that discussion of what we think that does to, does to the Falcons. Martavis Bryant, this thing won't go away, Rick. i got two Steelers stories here that I didn't make a lot of last week and the week before, but I'm starting to wonder. Martavis Bryant still won't shut up about this thing with Big Ben. Growing concerned at all? Would it matter even if there's a rift? Do, do you care? I don't. I'm just. I saw him on ESPN the other day talking about it again in a one. When the story first come out, yeah, whatever. He's, you know, I I made the point. He's just a stupid millennial, and you got to put everything online before you do it. Now he's still talking about it. I just I don't. I'm wondering should should we be concerned?
1: I'm not concerned at all. As long as he has an ear and he likes to be on camera. Because, let's face it, he was suspended last year, so he's got right. some catching up to do. Once they get to training camp it, and it gets into the locker room and he goes face-to-face with Ben, it'll be over
0: or it will be over. Yeah. As
1: simple as it, that. It, I it mean,
0: could, Maybe they'll fist fight. I mean, none of that matters come week one, does it? No. So we Now, here's one I am concerned about, and I'm not willing now. Because, not- let's
1: face it, he knows this is his last rodeo. Oh, yeah. yeah this is it's your as last simple shot. as that. This is your it's, last shot. This exactly. is your best
0: opportunity. This is – yeah, unless you ended up in New England. This is one of the two or three best places yeah. he could You're be. You're not stuck in a Ram. For, for so, this I to mean, happen. Yeah. Right, Exactly. So this is one I brushed off last week, Rick, that I am growing concerned about. There there was speculation early on in the national media, and it was sort of poo-pooed here locally in western Pennsylvania, that Le'Veon Bell could hold out into the season, basically not sign that franchise tender. And that's what makes this interesting. It's not just a holdout, so he can't be fined because he's not under contract. He hasn't signed that franchise tender and the national media was booting around, well what if he, you know, drug this thing into the season? That drum beat is getting louder and louder. And I saw a tweet on Tuesday, Rick. I saw a tweet Antonio Brown imploring he sent it to, you know, at lbells Bell's right. twenty six, imploring him, we got a Super Bowl caliber team. We need you here. Now I that's a long way. I don't remember exactly what he said. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Do, is there a legitimate fear that this guy holds out into the season? You never know.
1: This day and age, I, I truly believe you never know. I mean, I would like to think certainly not. I mean, he's going to make what twelve and a half million bucks. I think that's what right. the franchise tender is, which he hasn't signed as yet. But I. Look, I, I'm not a big fan of the franchise tag, but let's face it, the franchise doesn't stick you at a million bucks a year. Right. I mean, he's getting top dollar if he stays healthy. I mean, let's face it: if he blows his, if he signs a deal and he blows his knee out, unless it's front loaded, I mean, he's
0: going to get cut anyway, right? Yeah. I you mean, he's probably going to get <clears throat> twenty or thirty million guaranteed. So. He cost himself some money, yeah, I, I suppose.
1: Maybe, but I, yeah, you're rolling the dice, and, and I understand their position. But if he has a decent year, or a nice year, and stays healthy, he's making more than that.
0: Right? Oh, absolutely. So, and it's going to be somewhere else. They're not going to give him that money in Pittsburgh. True. Yeah. Here's the thing. I but always at this stage of the, I mean, this day and age, it doesn't seem to matter.
1: No, it really doesn't. I mean, with a lot of these players. Um, Seeing, you know, being much older than you. That's true. I um, can confirm that. But you're still old. I'm getting there. I'm going to turn 40 soon. Yeah. We know that. I mean, we know what it's like not to have a lot of money. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to say. You know why wouldn't they want to stay in Pittsburgh or why wouldn't yeah. they? You know what I'm saying or why wouldn't they want to stay in New England or Dallas or whatever the case may be? Well, That's they a offered me the
0: 125 dollars. I'd go sprinting down there. I don't need 12 and a half million. We're just we're in a different world. And I, I always take the player's side on. The, here's where I side with the Steelers on this one a little bit. And I don't expect on Bell to understand this. You know to look at it this way. Because he's looking at his career. He's got six years right. to make all the money he's going to have in his entire life, right? That's, for the most part, that's what these right. guys do. He's missed 30% of the his team's games since he was drafted, including True. playoffs and everything else. So I would be reticent if I was the Steelers, even though while the running back position to a degree has become a dime a dozen, at least that's the way the league looks at it. I kind of tend to lean Bell's way when he says, well, you're not just paying me to be a running back. You're paying me to be your number two wide receiver as well. Right. He's got a special skill set that he's worth that money. But if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, be it suspension, be it injury, three out of every ten times you take the field, he's not available right. to you. I'd be reticent to hand him that money. So here's the problem. Le'Veon Bell's dead right in what, he, what he's saying sure and is. why he's saying it. The Steelers are dead right in doing what they're doing. Can there be a coming together there? I'm starting to get concerned. At the, when I see a player of the caliber of Antonio Brown, now he loves the spotlight. We we all know this, right? No, I know, no. I know. Shocker! Hold on to your seat. I should have warned you before I said that. Yeah. I'm sorry about that, Rick. But but he likes that spotlight. But to throw that out and directly at Le'Veon Bell, that just sort of caught caught me a little bit. Said, so, "Wow, is there?" You know, media speculation this time. You know, we're all just making crap up. You, know, you think yeah. we got time to fill? ESPN's got twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week to fill. You know, and you can't do all NBA. So when they do football, they've got to speculate. It's bloviate. all yeah, it's all speculation. It's all BS at this point of year. But when Antonio Brown gets involved, that's when I go. ooh, Wait a minute. Yeah, is something there? Is there something there? And and it could be, Rick. It, it's. It's a tough sell when, because Pittsburgh is notoriously... They're not going to give him the money. Right. It's not going to happen. And, and if he plays 16 games next year, leads the league in every rushing and receiving category, he's not getting the money he wants. He's no. going to go elsewhere. Exactly. It's just the way the Steelers do business.
1: You're absolutely right. However, he could get better money and stay in Pittsburgh.
0: He won't do that, you know. I, I no, he's agree. not giving a hometown discount either. Nor should he. No. I never. I'm not one of these fans who says because it's my. No, team, I, my, I, I. No, agree. he shouldn't give him. The I discount. agree a
1: hundred percent. I, I guess the problem I have, I, I try to put myself in their shoes. Like at that age, and, and obviously when you're young, you don't know a whole lot, and you right. got to
0: like if, me, if, That's if, why I'm so
1: dumb. Well, and I'm you young. also have agents. Right. who make their living by getting you the most money right. they can. Right. So you have a lot of a lot of information coming into their head, saying, you know, go somewhere else, go somewhere else. I just wonder, you know, Le'Veon Bell is, what, 25? Probably, yeah. What's
0: it coming on in his fourth Something year? Something like that. The league?
1: Yeah. It, 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 you just wonder six years from now when he's 31 or 32 and he ended up stuck in Detroit. Yeah. Or something like, or some place like that, San Francisco, or somewhere, Los Angeles, Rams that have no shot. And you look back and say, "Wow, yeah, I'm rich, but boy, I tell you, that, that Super Bowl sure would have been nice." You know what,
0: though, Rick, I really believe until they're retired. That it's less, and I think this is what fans need to understand. It's, they love to win a Super Bowl. That's what they're working toward. That isn't the main goal for most of these guys, right? It's to make the most money, I, I think. And why wouldn't you? I don't blame them for that. Now, I think they get uh, a little more reflective after they retire. Guys who haven't gotten there, guys who got close. Yeah, I don't know. That, Was it
1: ever Tom Brady's motivation, I wonder?
0: Well, that guy is from a different planet. I don't his motivations to be everything that he's become. He's like the one guy in the world who did everything he set out to do. True.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I don't think the championships are you know, all that they're looking for. No. They they
0: want the money. Yeah, and, I can't blame them for that. I've left oh, jobs. Oh, I don't blame them. I've left good jobs for worse jobs but for more money. We've all done that, right? Through the years. True. So I don't know, but enough of the Steelers, enough of of Bell. Let's talk about Rick Flieger for a minute. do we have to? When's the caveman draft? August 25th. All right, so August 25th, Le'Veon Bell hasn't signed his franchise tender. Your boy, your best friend and confidant, Rick Flieger, is picking two. Presuming David Johnson goes number one, Le'Veon Bell hasn't signed that franchise tender on August 25th. What does your best pal do? And what if Ezekiel is suspended on or top of that? What if we're still waiting to find out? Which yeah. seems entirely possible. Hey, do you go Brown? Do you go Beckham? Well, Something thing, do like I pass that? up? Do I pass? We'll probably know more come late August. Well, of course you know, Whether will, or not we but, think he's going to sign. But
1: we're doing what everybody else
0: does. Right. We speculate. Let's just make it up. I think I, if he hadn't signed by the 25th, i probably have to pass him over, don't I? Somebody's going to take a shot at him. Yeah, but Do you, you want to take him at two? Yeah, well, I'm ten. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Does he fall? I, I don't know what to make it. Because I also worry, Rick. You always beat this drum these camp, these camp holdouts. I hate these guys camp who come holdouts. in camp late. That they they're pulling hamstrings and pulling groins early in the year, and you don't really get anything out of them until mid October. Right. And I tend to agree with that. I don't have any statistics on it, but just anecdotally, it feels like that's true. Well,
1: being a fantasy football veteran, I you know Chris Johnson's a great example. Right. holding that bang hamstring. He never got his speed back. He's never. never the same guy after that. He hasn't been. And I mean, you know, we can go through some of these other guys. You know, in past that are probably long forgotten names mm-hmm. that that
0: held out in, in just never, ever seem to recover from that kind of thing. I mean, the best case scenario is he just doesn't feel like going to camp, which I completely understand. And he shows up the week leading up to the second preseason game. Then I think nothing of it. It's squashed. He's got his 12.5 mil. Everybody's happy. He'll go out, and now he's playing for a contract. The Steelers are going to run the wheels off him, knowing they're not going to re sign him. So it's probably the best case scenario from a fantasy standpoint. Right. But if we get to August 25th, when the caveman draft comes around, my knees are, all of a sudden, my knees are knocking at that number two pick which should be a nice relaxing pick
1: i agree 100 it shouldn't even be it shouldn't even be thought of no, no. but yeah i mean yeah, he's gonna make my knees knock and especially I, with might get, I might have to get
0: hammered again before the draft i was gonna wait until the middle rounds this now, year you starting
1: now, at nine o'clock in the
0: morning <laughs> i might have to
1: we are Flager and briggs here in the arena sports network and we're going to switch gears just again uh, I come uh, he's got that grin story. on his
0: face somebody's dead If you're sensitive, turn down the radio for the next five or six minutes. Go ahead. A family is now searching for the writer responsible
1: for stating, well, basically, the writer responsible for a mean-spirited obituary. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. The, they're, they're very upset that um, this was put into a newspaper. The whole thing is just sad. Um, 82-year-old grandmother named uh, June Cornelia June Rogers Miller. Wow, that's a, that's a yeah.
0: mouthful there.
1: The whole thing is just sad, June's son, Robert Miller, told WTVC. This is down in North Carolina. It's really sad that they don't have anything better to do. A portion of the obituary reads... This is by an 82-year-old grandmother who's passed away. Drugs were a major love in her life, as as June had no hobbies, made no contribution to society, and rarely shared a kind word or deed in her life. Please let June Miller's life be a cautionary tale. (laughs) Addiction and hatred are no es bueno for the living, we speak for the majority of her family when we say her presence will not be missed by many. Very few tears will be shed, and there oh, wow. will be no lamenting over her passing.
0: Now, <laughs> save for the drugs, that's what your obituary is going to sound like. Number one, But <laughs> number two. So, what? What do they mean? They don't know who wrote this. <laughs> I, <laughs> Doesn't yeah. it the family that submits the obituary? Now that's
1: what I thought. I mean, unless it was. You know, fourth cousin
0: Ralph yeah. or something. Yeah, who who did you put in charge of writing the obituary? Why <laughs> don't we start right. the search there? I don't think yeah. the newspaper. You know, if she led such a nondescript life, the newspaper. Oh, okay. Here, here's oh, a, here's shocker. a shocker. You glance June the June Miller
1: died in February, and the obituary in question
0: was published four months later. Oh, that's somebody who got after, hosed on yeah. the inheritance. That's what, what that it was. was. Yeah. You know what, I'm getting to an age where I think about my obituary. I've I've had this conversation with the warden in the past. One thing, I don't know if this happens nationally, but it happens locally, is what I do not want in my obituary that everybody does, where, you know, they were born here, they died there, did this for a living, and then... Rick was an avid Pittsburgh Steeler fan, an avid this fan, an avid that fan. If that's the best thing you can come up with somebody about what they like to watch on TV, your life stunk, so don't do that to me. Although, what do I care? I'm going to be dead. Yeah, now, I'm not going to do anything for you. I, so, wouldn't, mean, mind what... ta- I wouldn't mind taking a, a swipe at somebody in their obituary. Though. What's wrong with that?
1: I, I, I think maybe I'll write my own. Well,
0: I, that would be awful. What would your obituary say? What are the Rick Briggs highlights? Obviously, these. If asylum. you don't you put like how I lived, <laughs> I'm still laughing. Is it that bury me upside down, so the well, world? Now, that's can that, that thing? old, <laughs> that old cliche. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't
1: go there. That's no fun. Because I mean, that's been that's old. I don't know exactly what I'd say, but maybe I'll write one for you. I don't
0: know. At the end of the day, I don't really care. I'm gonna be dead. Well, yeah. I just don't want a big fuss. I, and the whole viewing funeral thing. I never got that. I told my wife I wanted to
1: have, like, a cardboard cutout of me with one of these well, with the arm remote waving. control arm waving and then have a beer in the other hand.
0: You know, that When you was... die, do I have to go to the funeral? Is your wife going to be bitter if I die? Oh, yeah, my wife would be mean. I don't handle funerals well. I deal with uncomfortable situations with humor. Well, you humor. can bring the snooty story with you. Yeah, could I just read that? <laughs> That could be your eul- eulogy. That you might sit back up with that one. Yes. I've never seen a dead seal make anybody so happy as it did to you. On it's Tuesday. a manatee. Same thing, right? No. Are those the things at SeaWorld, that, like the big things that flop around? There was two of them at the one in Ohio. They were oh, like no, I've never been there. <laughs> There's just no joy in your life. You have never done anything <laughs> remotely fun. You never took your kids. To SeaWorld? Yeah. No, I don't like seeing captive uh
1: Animals. Oh,
0: don't give me this animal rights, horse hockey, after the joy you took in this other one donking off last week. I don't, didn't capture the poor thing. Fat, getting his fat rump stuck in the tube, and it was the funniest thing that happened to you since George They're Carlin. also called uh, dugong, dugong, yeah, dugong. That, that doesn't help me at all. With, uh, get off the sea lion thing or whatever they used to called. That used to be the old...
1: Um, Back in the day, the old sailors—that's what they confused as mermaids. Apparently, really, yeah, they don't look all that attractive. the in me. in Hot mermaids no. I've seen drawn by
0: Disney, <laughs> no. Yeah, those, those mm. things. Are, yeah, I'm not going let's, down. Let's that, right. let's go to the AFC oh, South. Before we get there, Rick, oh. one more thing, as promised on. We'll Tuesday, have at least five minutes yeah, at, for least at a minimum. <laughs> but but we promised to do this, and it's not going to be some. What big did rant. we promise? Oh the, the yeah, Jarvis the Jarvis Landry ranch. So you heard me whining about it last year if you've been listening that long. I don't know why the hell you have, been. but if you have, you heard me go on this rant. Because they like solid, honest input on fantasy. And obituaries. Well, and dead sea sea creatures. Well, why not? So mean, variety. Jarvis Landry, for some reason, it's got to be these draft nicks, right? And these analytics people. For whatever reason, Landry does not, does just not line up with where they think a number one wide receiver should be. And the insanity continues. I'm half in the bag the other night, Rick, and I'm scrolling through Twitter. You're kidding me. I'm a shocker, right? I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I come across this tweet. Now, I'm not even going to give his name. It's not worth giving his name. It, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his name is. But he puts out this tweet that says, and I quote, Can someone please name one thing that Jarvis Landry is good at? And I read that, and I'm thinking, the Jarvis Landry, who's averaged 100 catches the last two seasons. And what he puts up is this empirical evidence is that he's, I don't know, 35th, 45th, 50 something terrible on first down percentage. And his 40 time isn't where it's supposed to be. You know what he's good at, stupid? He's good at catching the damn ball. Can you please, Rick, explain to me why, why, why these guys hate Jarvis Landry? And I don't care that they hate him. Hate him, hate him, hate him, and I'll take him. And in a PPR format, I'll take those 100 points, and I'm going to get him at a wide receiver two price point and – so I now I have two number one wide receivers as far as I'm concerned, that's great. But then they get on there, and if you like Jarvis Landry, if they see you've drafted Jarvis Landry, the nerds unite and attack. I just I can't I don't understand it, Rick. Why? Why God? Why?
1: I don't really understand what it is anymore that requires. A differing opinion to be attacked. Well,
0: that, that's a, it is. That's a I mean that question, is the right?
1: whole premise of like having a show. Say we talk about whatever uh, we we were talking the, on the last show with uh, Scott Fish last week. We were talking about JIJE. We all agree that he's a, a, a top. You know, he's going to be an RB one, right? But I don't have him in the top three like Scott does. I have him in the top ten. All right, yeah. But the fact that if he put that out there and someone started attacking him for – Whatever you know, well, how can someone as inconsistent as he was in 2006 be ranked number three in your rankings? I
0: have him at seven. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. It's four spots, stupid. I have
1: him at seven too, but I'll tell you what. All of a sudden, he's moved up four spots just to get away you from just, you, jackass. Because I'm going to be with my <laughs> pal Scott. Yeah, that's right. So
0: <laughs> shut up. <You> know, <laughs> exactly. That, that's there. No, just just shut
1: that's up. That's what an opinion is. That's and opinion I'll tell the you, show. there's an old cliche saying about uh, about opinions too, but yeah. we can't go there. Yeah, we don't. And want they to all be...
0: stink. But, I mean, listen, guys, seriously, maybe it's I'm ranting more than, than you are. Yeah, you're far more fired up than I Jermis am. Jarvis
1: Landry's a good receiver. Well, and yes, he had four touchdowns last year, but guess what? He had 94 catches and he had over 1,100 yards. That's
0: not bad. Right, and he's going, Rick, at wide receiver 20. That seems like a value to me. At at worst it's fair, right? I mean, you, know, you see people say, sure I'm it's gonna, fair. I'm not, I'm not gonna touch Jarvis Landry. Yeah, if he's and, wide receiver too, maybe not. Yeah, and in a standard format, all right, you can make that argument. But my God, in a PPR guys, let it go. His forty time wasn't where it's gonna be. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. His split all these nerdy stats they you know, here's the thing. All these analytics, all these numbers, all these deep dives in numbers, they have a lot of value. But at some point at the end of the day, the only number that matters is fantasy points. And for a wide receiver, that's generated from catches. This kid in three seasons, Rick, has 288 catches. I don't care that the numbers tell you he shouldn't have them. He does, right? Right. Quit telling me. You told me last year Parker was going to come in and take all his targets away. And he didn't do it. And guess what? The coaching staff likes Parker less than they do right now. And Kenny Stills isn't going to get 100 targets. There's nobody else there. Ryan Tannehill, we talked about this on Tuesday. Ryan Tannehill still stinks, right? So this is who Jarvis Landry is. You might be totally right. And I can only say that because I don't know. I don't do these deep dives. I just... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, I Maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he should be catching 60 balls a year. And then with his four touchdowns and his low you know, yards per reception numbers, he should be where you is. But the fact remains, the number you're not looking at is the top number, where he's going to catch 110, 95, whatever you want to be. In three years, he's going to catch 288 balls. You can't ignore that in a PPR format. I'm sorry he outperformed where you graded him. We all apologize to you. It happens sometimes. You are. That doesn't make you smarter to point out that we're all rubes for saying. Well, Jarvis Landry catches a hundred balls. That's pretty good in a fantasy football league falter dash you you jerk his 40 time was 0.0006 off of you know these other 22 guys I don't care I don't care he catches a hundred balls a year he's going to do it again if they bring in a legitimate wide receiver if Ryan Tannehill takes a big step forward and can get other guys involved maybe you're right but until then as it sits he's done it for three seasons now really for two he's been in the league for three really for two and let's mention going into this year where he seems to be getting more hate than ever he's going into a contract year you think he's not going to step up his performance i'm sorry he outperformed it he didn't do it despite you he did it to provide for his family all right it's nothing against you just just stop it's just it's insanity rick i can't wrap my mind around it
1: no i mean people like that really just irritate me and there is. am I'm, I'm. You're. I'm looking at ADPs as we speak right now. Jarvis Landry is wide receiver twenty. Keenan Allen's wide receiver fifteen. Yeah, you can argue that Keenan Allen's skill sets better than Jarvis Landry,
0: but guess what? Jarvis Landry doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I don't trust Keenan Allen to make it out of the locker room no. in week one.
1: No, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't be at wide receiver 15 because he does have a high ceiling on San Diego. However, there's risk-reward no matter which way you go. Jarvis Landry happens to tick up to, say, nine touchdowns. All of a sudden, nobody's talking about about that. If he stays at 95 catches, 1,150 yards, and now nine touchdowns instead of Kenny Stills getting nine touchdowns, That just vaults him over about four or five
0: wide receivers that he was behind. And I'm sorry, do not bring the argument. Do not bring me the argument that his first down percentage is down in the 50s. Because I'll tell you what, dummy. If he catches fourteen balls for nine yards every week, I'll do a I'll tap dance on Main Street in a in a thong for all I care. All right. Listen, it doesn't matter unless you're playing in the Scott Fishbowl. Nobody cares about first downs. I don't care. You're right, the touchdown numbers aren't where they need to be, and they're probably not gonna get any better. But still, a hundred catches, twelve hundred yards, and four touchdowns, that's worth the wide receiver twenty to me and to everybody else playing in a fantasy in a PPR format. It's just that simple i don't care about the numbers underneath it he's getting there he continues to do it that's your numbers are speculative all right look at looking at all these this is what his numbers should be at the end of the year here's what i can do i can tangibly hand you the last two seasons i can hold them in my hands and say this is what they are you can't deny that i can deny whether or not your numbers can are applicable to the final product, that can be that can be argued. You can't take those two seasons. I can hand them to you, and they are what they are, and they're not going to go away.
1: Well, yeah, I, you're absolutely right, and, and it's it's almost to the point. A lot of this analytic stuff is when you sit down. Say you sat down. I don't know. Okay, here, here's an example. Of course, he's dead, so it's, it's totally impossible to, that, to ever happen. Say so you sat down at a table and beat Bobby Fischer three times in a row at chess. Some guy writes an article and says, well, Bobby Fischer's uh, rating is 2,400 and Rick Flieger's is six. <laughs> There's no way that Rick Flieger deserve to win those games yeah, well guess what he I, did uh,
0: except for the fact that I did <laughs> right yeah, exactly <laughs> and that's what I'll, I'll agree with you I will acquiesce that there is no reason Jarvis Landry should be putting up these numbers except for the fact he is he did and he did it twice I could almost under, I didn't like it but I could almost understand it last year because he really did it once right you know he had a good rookie year but then he really blew up in that second year and all right he really did it once but guess what he did it again so I don't care that your analytics tell you he shouldn't be doing it he's doing it I, it's a widget I got a widget in my hand I can hand you here it is it exists it's a thing get over it shut up get off my time I muted him which, so I, I didn't yeah, have and to it, see it that it is anymore. not
1: that it is also not that he is on the most consistent offensive oh. football team in the league and that's
0: probably why he succeeds quite frankly
1: right Okay, right? let's and here's, here's another thing. We brought up Keenan Allen, and we, we can talk about some other receivers. 2014, games played, 16. Receptions, 84 yards, 758. Okay, nothing spectacular. 2015, games played, 16. 110 catches, 1,157 yards. 2016, games played, 16. Ninety four catches, eleven hundred and thirty six yards. Guess what? He's played forty eight games in his three years. Right. I mean Keenan Allen play. And I'm not picking on Keenan Allen, but it's just a a good example. example, Looking at the ADPs right now. Yeah, it's just the guy is dependable. You know who he reminds me of? Not quite as obviously not as as flashy as far as scoring touchdowns? Roddy White. He plays. He catches a lot of balls. And, you know, he's not as dominant as White was when he was in his prime. Right. But he's still that type of a receiver that is, I don't know, fantasy-wise, I'm talking, just dependable. He's got good hands, makes a lot of catches, nothing spectacular. If we can just – if Tannehill can take that step forward, the the touchdowns tick up even by four to eight, eight to nine touchdowns. I mean,
0: that's reasonable. Right. You'd like to see double digits. Yeah.
1: I'm Obviously. happy at
0: four if he keeps catching a hundred. Yeah. And I'm getting him as a wide receiver too, because if he starts catching ten or twelve, he's a wide receiver one, and you can't deny that. Exactly. And these people, they're going to have to build, you know, fences or build catch nets around every bridge in the country for analytics nerds leaping off bridges. If he starts catching touchdown passes, and they're going to have to pay, see see Landry going as a wide receiver one, because that is the only thing—not his first down percentage, not his forty time, not his hand size or whatever BS I have to read—that's not what keeping him from being a wide receiver one it's simply those touchdown numbers and if it happens I don't think it is don't get me wrong I don't think it's going to change I think now heading into year four this is who he is but that's my so that's your you can use that argument on both sides so you could say well he's never going to score 10 touchdowns because we're going into year four and and that's just not who he is all right I'll give you that but you had to give me you have to give me the fact that, oh, yeah, but he catches 100 balls a year, so quit telling me he's not going to because he shouldn't. Right. Because his man, whatever, I'm, uh, we got to stop. we got like 20 minutes left for this preview, Rick. The AFC South. let's start with your favorite team, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yes, aren't they, though? They are my favorite team.
1: You know, this. this is an interesting division, and, you know, not so much that I think the super next Super Bowl champions coming out of it, but I think this could be one of the tightest divisions in football. You can look. I up. don't think,
0: but we'll get to that at okay. the end. I disagree with you there.
1: I think Tennessee has improved. I think a big question is: is Mariota's leg okay and is is his head okay? Yes. From sometimes it's, it's tough. If he's healthy, he's a number one quarterback now, Rick. Right?
0: Oh, a I agree. One, not no, the I might have no. said the A number 1. No, quarter. I
1: agree with you 100%. I mean and, and I think he will be fine. Sometimes you just don't yeah, know, you know, worry. coming you from a, from an injury like that. But they've got weapons around him and, you know, bringing in Eric Decker is so huge to me, Rick. That, oh. Having a weapon like that is just huge. Oh, I agree 100%. Number 1 it brings a veteran presence, brings a b- big body with with good hands. And it's a nice compliment. What is it? Taze, Taze Sharp and um, yeah, he's been a and Rashard right? Matthews. Yeah, Matthews. I mean, they've got
0: a nice little set of weapons there. And let's not forget the running game. Now, that, that's my question. It's not a question mark for the Titans, but that's my fantasy football question. DeMarco Murray surprised me. I think he surprised everybody with how well he played last year and the stats he piled up. But he certainly surprised me, if if, if not anybody else. Derrick Henry, really good when he got opportunities. Getting rave reviews in this offseason and in the mini camp. And his training camp begins here. Do we worry at all, does Derrick Henry start to cut into that workload? Enough that it's a significant, you know, DeMarco Murray's another one of those at-the-turn running backs, right? Somewhere in amongst mm-hmm. Ajayi and, and, and that group of guys. You look at Tennessee, and
1: you love the position they're in. You put yourself in a fantasy position, and you hate the position that Tennessee's in. Right. Now, I'll tell you why. You can start the season with DeMarco Murray coming off that year that he had last year and just start working him. Keeps going, has another big year. So be it. Great, we're, we're in the playoffs. We, if, you know, it's great to. If not, you got Derrick Henry. In he pen. starts breaking down mid season. Boom, we got fresh legs with Derrick Henry, and right. we love what we've seen
0: anyway. Fantasy wise, it's a real conundrum. I think based on ADP, I'm avoiding Murray for that reason. ADP, yes. I'm not avoiding him, well, yeah, but where yeah. he is, certainly. Yeah. I'm yeah. not I'm not taking him in the first five, six picks of the second round. And Corey Davis is interesting, too. I think he's you know. probably your number one there, right? Yeah. And
1: then Matthew. Matthews. Well, is a- I think Matthews will probably start at one with Decker. Um, Corey Davis, Sharp. I mean, Harry Douglas is there for depth, nothing more. Um and the the rest, Eric Weems, all these guys, I mean, they've no, been around. It's, They're it's it's but they got plenty of weapons. Yeah, That's right. what I like about Tennessee. Right.
0: Yeah. But that's what I that's just that's what I worry about at the running back position. I think you nailed it. I think it's gonna be Murray's job coming out. But if he isn't performing right where he was, you see Henry getting more work. If he gets nicked up, he's no spring chicken, he's been in the league for a while. All right. If Murray starts to slow down, starts to break down, boy, if you can go to the pen for a guy like Derrick Henry, I think it affects Based on ADP, it affects DeMarco Murray's value for me. If he falls to the end of the second, top of the third, which he's not going to do, if he does, I would hop all over DeMarco Murray and I'd Mm -hmm. sing it from the rooftops. I'm not willing to pay a late first, early second price tag for him. I'll take Derrick Henry there, bide my time and hope come Thanksgiving or something. That could be my playoff hammer once we get there, right? Exactly, I agree 100. Yeah. percent Let's move on to the
1: Colts, your favorite team, my, the Indianapolis my Colts.
0: Indianapolis Colts, yes, sir. Uh, here's a, it all comes down to this for me, Rick. Uh, first thing, apologies to Frank Gore and Frank Gore's owners. This is the first year I'm not burying him. I'm all in. Well, on, now he's uh, done. I'm all in on Frank <laughs> Gore, Rick, especially based on his ADP is where I'm mean, He's got a RB 34, a seventh round ADP. If he's sitting around in the sixth round. I'll take him there, right? So he's done. It's over. So Frank Gore's career's over because I finally, after 16 years, 16 years in a row of declaring him done, I'm hopping back on the wagon. So Frank Gore's gone. Love T.Y. Hilton. Love Dante Moncrief. Here's a concern. It is now, today is July, what, Rick, 26th, right? Yeah. It's July 26th. 27th, I think. 27th. Anyway. Andrew Luck hasn't thrown the football yet. Still right. got those still got those shoulder concerns. That offensive line is still atrocious. That's a big concern for Andrew Luck owners. That's a big concern for T. Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief owners. It all comes down to that. And I can't speculate on are they being cautious with him or can he throw yet? My concern is he's unable to throw yet because he has expressed frustration in in the in public, Rick, in the media. He's expressed frustration. If this is a little bit of subterfuge, and he's going to show up week three of the preseason and be fine, then he's a number one quarterback. T. Y. Hilton's a number one receiver, and Dante Moncrief's a low end number two. If he's not healthy, everything changes. <laughs> everything yeah, changes it may, there it, in Indiana. It happens. worries. As of July fourth, or
1: July fourth, July twenty fourth, he actually started throwing. So this is what three days ago, but he's still on the pup list. Right. If you're still on the pup list the week of training camp, from a surgery on a torn labrum. I mean, granted, you need it in your shoulder and everything, but you just – sometimes it concerns me with, with guys this young that that are not – they don't seem to come back from just this don't stuff heal. all that quick.
0: Right. And everybody's it, different. Maybe he just of doesn't course. heal.
1: But, yeah, I mean – But that's
0: a, that's a good point. Is that a – that harbinger of things to come. I don't know. Because that offensive line still stinks. He's going to take hits this year. So then there's the next question. I don't usually draft, you know – Draft based on potential injury. I don't factor that in much. There's a handful of guys. I think you factor that in with Andrew Luck may end up on that list because if he doesn't heal well, if he's slow getting back, that offensive line is still so terrible. He's going to take some big hits in early on in this season. What's it look like for 16 games?
1: Exactly. You know, and GM Chris Ballard told um, you know what was it the Anderson Herald Bulletin. Oh, nice. Um, Wonder if that, they're hiring that he did expect Andrew Luck to be removed from the pup list before the regular season. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah, that's
0: not very reassuring. No.
1: I mean, it, it's scary.
0: But so really, I don't know. Is there anything else you talk about beyond that? The only other thing
1: is he comes into the league and he's healthy. Okay, now we're fine. We're talking about Hilton. We're talking about Moncrief. One other question, I guess, because it could be have some fantasy impact, I can see Kamar Aiken taking Philip
0: Dorsett's spot as the number three. Probably, which is what, a number four fantasy wide receiver then. Yeah,
1: but on an offense like that, if, if, if luck is
0: healthy and maybe the
1: line does they cobble together enough yeah. where he's
0: not getting destroyed. Now your boy at the tight end spot might be the safest bet. Jack <laughs> Doyle. Yes sir. Well, touchdown wise anyhow, you know, based on your scoring, if you you getting heavy. Either yeah, heavy tight end points like the Scott Fish Bowl or you heavy heavy touchdown type leagues. Yeah, I think he's going to he, – he's a cinch even without Andrew Luck for double-digit touchdowns, mm-hmm. don't you
1: think? But I'll tell you what, you know, as far as not only the Colts but NFL – when luck starts throwing the football, that's going to be about as big a news as when Peyton Manning came back from the right? neck surgery. I think because I mean big. he he's twenty what six? I yeah. don't even know how old he yeah, is. He's a kid. I know he's that. a kid, and he's still not throwing from a slightly torn labrum. Yeah, that's that true. was the initial, That was the official description of that injury. And, and it just gives me a little bit of
0: pause if I'm drafting a quarterback. And as he goes, everybody else goes. They they are so dependent on Andy right. Lowe. All right, let's jump down to your second favorite team, but number one in your heart, Rick, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and your stepbrother, Blake Bortles. Jacksonville, look, we know what to have on defense. they
1: got a good defense in Jacksonville. Right. Guys that aren't I, in jail anyhow. I think Leonard Fournette is going to elevate this offense to a point where it is going to be legitimate. And, and what I mean by that is I don't mean Blake Bortles is going to soak up some some loser points in the fourth quarter because they're down by 35. Okay. I think Allen Robinson makes a bounce back. I agree with that. You still have Allen Hearns. Let's not forget, as bad as last year was, Marquise Lee and Blake Bortles developed some chemistry. They did. I think he pushes out Hearns. I really do. You start pushing in Leonard Fournette, a big bruising runner. They start playing a little bit of smash mouth with the downfield capabilities that Bortles has if he just stays off the sauce
0: and pays attention to the playbook. <laughs> he does like the hooch I've heard. I tell you what, there's another contender for the division. Well, and here's where, and it's funny, and you wouldn't think it would be this. way. I agree with you on Fournette. My one question there would be: Are Yeldon and Chris Ivory too good to no. not get work? No. I, one of them probably gets cut, don't you think? You don't carry those three guys. I don't know. That's just rampant speculation. But I think if Fournette comes out and does what Leonard Fournette can do, I think. These guys go away, and I'll tell you what I'd stash Yeldon away, though. I mean, because mean, let, Fournette, Fournette missed a lot of games in college. He did. So I, that's why we I, don't. Nobody's been talking about that, and that's why I've been well, it, not, not it, avoiding, God. but not paying the price tag other folks have for a Fournette because well, he, let's he not had forget
1: trouble. Todd sitting. Gurley missed a lot of lot well, of time in that's football true. too. That's true. In college, I mean, but yeah, I mean, but it's a valid point. And I mean, do do I think Jacksonville's going to worry about? Sharing it, the work with Ivory. Look, look at that year Ivory had last year. He was going to be the big thunder to yeah. the Yeldon Lightning.
0: He was pathetic last yeah. year. And Yeldon, Yeldon, wasn't, he wasn't, Yeldon any wasn't any either, better. No. So... But let's just, let's say Leonard Fournette's going to do what we expect okay. him to do, okay? I think Allen Robinson does bounce back. You know, he had a disappointing year. I think a lot of that's on Bortles. Anecdotally, I can remember, Rick, you and I watching games together and just seeing balls tick off Allen Robinson's fingertips all over the place. It was just, they they were a... Uh, inch off all season, so I'm not sure Allen Robinson gets back to 2015, but he doesn't repeat 2016. He's right there in the middle, which makes him a nice, solid, low end number one wide receiver. Is where I have an Allen Robinson. If all this is true, so now we we've got we've got the good chemistry with Lee, we've got Allen Robinson. If we're basing all everything improving on what Leonard Fournette can do with this offense. Now, all of a sudden, the argument we could always make for Blake Bortles was he's going to throw a billion interceptions, his numbers are going to look terrible, but he's compiling stats, which is good for fantasy football, which made him a reasonable low-end option in fantasy football. I think he falls out of that. Now you're not looking at Blake Bortles as a true fantasy option because they're playing real football in Jacksonville. I think Leonard Fournette, I think the other guy's numbers go up and it pulls pulls uh, Bortles' numbers down a little bit. So, not... Not a lot of people just because it's not popular because he's Blake Bortles. Talked about him being a, the number 10, 11, 12 fantasy quarterback. He's out of that conversation completely now for a guy like me who was still willing to make that argument.
1: Blake Bortles has to realize this is you – know, we talked about uh, – This you know, is it for him. Martavis, do it. This, Brian, is this is his last you know, ride into the sunset. Well, Blake Bortles, he knows it's the same thing. If he doesn't get focused – And even get back to similar numbers to what he had two years ago. Right. He's done.
0: And he may
1: be fine with that. I don't
0: know Blake Bortles, obviously. He got the one good contract. Maybe he's happy with that.
1: But, you know, you would think, I mean, these guys, there's a lot of guys that maybe just fall into that, well, I'm good. And then they have a bad year. I don't know if he's capable of having a spectacular year, but with the weapons he has around him, the sixth-ranked defense from last year, not going to be much worse. Right. If, if they're not better, I mean, you're, you're still going to be a, a top-ten defense in the league. And like I said, with the weapons around him, they won three games last year. I can't see them not winning less than seven.
0: Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I, I can't. A- You know, they could maybe bump into 9-7 and and contend for the playoffs. So, you know, 7-9 I think would be a pretty reasonable number for them. But a team on the edge, and, and again, like so many teams, you can say this about everybody, it comes down to the quarterback position. But I think Leonard Fournette could elevate that offense, could take away all those garbage points. You know, Blake Bortles created his fantasy value on his own by the terrible first half, he he would have putting his team in the hole twenty one and then flinging it around in the fourth quarter. You know, putting up 150 yards and two touchdowns every fourth quarter. If those go away, Blake Bortles goes away in terms of fantasy relevance. But I think it. I th- actually think it's a good thing for your Allen Robinsons and for your, your Marquise Lees and for your you know, obviously for your Leonard Fournette, assuming he's the one keeping you keeping you in the game. I agree, and quite frankly, you know I don't recall.
1: I, I really don't recall, and I've been trying to think of it. Where there are so many teams, where we could start off with, it's how the quarterback plays. Right. It is going to determine how the how this team goes. Because, quite frankly, we talked about Bortles. We talked about Luck's a different scenario because it's an injury. Same with Mariota. But we talked about, you know, a Tannehill. Right. We talked about whoever in Jacksonville, or Jacksonville, excuse me, in New York Jets, whoever they seem to come up with. But I don't think there's a team in the NFL where it's more prevalent than Houston. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have Tom Savage and Deshaun Watson battling it out. Right. Deshaun Watson, obviously, potential, unproven rookie. Tom Savage, way more than unspectacular. But yet... DeAndre Hopkins is
0: still the wide receiver 13. Can you buy into that? Here's what I wonder about with De'Andre. And to the Arena Sports Network, we might run a little over on this. So feel free to cut us off wherever you have to. We completely understand. Here's the thing with De'Andre Hopkins. Last year, 78 for 954-4, which was a big disappointment, only because he was a first-round pick last year in fantasy football. Coming off of 111-1511. Here's what I have to wonder. We, we know he's a spectacular talent, a spectacular wide receiver. When he put up those numbers in 2015, Rick, he had nine different quarterbacks. He had that nice Brian Hoyer run early on, but they plowed through quarterback as nondescript as he had last season, right? So I don't know what to make of DeAndre Hopkins based on that. Was he that guy in 2015? Is he that guy in 2016? There was really very little difference in the quarterback situation for him, and he's going to it for for a third year, right? That, that's what's interesting about DeAndre Hopp. It's not like we can say his numbers dipped last year because he lost a good quarterback, and now we still have quarterback questions, so his numbers may stay down. He's capable of putting up 111, 1511 with bad quarterbacks. That, that's what I find intriguing with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt this guy's spectacular talent. It's he has he has the potential of of these huge games, obviously. But you look at last year. We talk about, I mean, of course, he was going mid first round last year. He had one 100 yard game, right? And I mean, does can he get better with Tom Savage?
0: No, but he did better with <laughs> that list of skills he had in 2015. That's the point. That's yeah, but is, is, it a,
1: is it a testament to not so much how good, who was it, Brian Hoyer is, but basically how bad Tom Savage is? Possible. Or
0: But he didn't work much with Tom Savage. Well, that's true, too. Who was it last year? God, now I mean, I that's run that's a, It was eight different guys. It was, started with Osweiler. Well, that's true. That yeah, was it a was com- Brock Osweiler. failure. Yes. And, and I can't remember who came in for Osweiler now. I think it was probably Savage.
1: You know, it when you bring up Brock Osweiler, I had totally forgotten about that, and I'm glad we brought that up. Brock Osweiler could be the greatest, weakest link that, that hit a quarterback position. Right. You know, to to impact a team that I had ever
0: seen, quite frankly. Yeah, but go back to 2015, Rick. He he dealt with Brian Hoyer, who had a nice start to that season before he got hurt. Ryan Mallett, Case Keenum saw some time. T.J. Yates saw some time. He saw four different quarterbacks all worse than the one before them, and he put up those monster numbers. So the question, I think, here's the thing, and I don't have the answer to it yet, and, and maybe we won't until four games into this season. I don't think it's about the quarterback position for DeAndre Hopkins. It's about did the league figure him out after what he got away with in 2015? Have they found something It seemed to me, though, in 2016, again, anecdotally, watching their games, he was open a lot and he was missed a lot. So I'm going to guess I'm going to take the coward's way out and say he hits somewhere in the middle. He's an 80 to 90 catch, you know, 1,000-yard, 8-touchdown guy. And if he does that, he's perfect value at 13. I'd take him there every time.
1: You know, and to be fair with Tom Savage, he played three games. And, you know, can we judge him – by that body of work, I mean I'm not so sure, but i I know that DeAndre Hopkins is definitely a risk, but let's let's take a look let's play our little game yeah, I was
0: just about to' just about to say that Rick.
1: okay right now we have DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver thirteen i'm I'm not even going to go I'm not going to tell you what position I'm going up or down. I'm just going to give you a guy all right DeAndre Hopkins or Doug Baldwin Hopkins. Cooks. Hopkins. Allen Robinson. Hopkins. Maury Cooper. Cooper. Dez Bryant. Bryant. Keenan Allen. Hopkins. See, you're higher on Hopkins, I think, than I am. You took Doug Baldwin, who right now is ADP. He's two spots ahead of
0: him. I don't know why I, I undervalue, <laughs> and I may undervalue Doug Baldwin. I think you I do, do undervalue
1: Baldwin, in I my do. opinion, a little bit. I think um, you you say Hopkins over Robinson. Now he That's he,
0: really close.
1: And he's like three, three or four slots ahead of Robinson right now. They're similar situations,
0: I think. Yeah. I just think Hopkins may be a little more talented.
1: I think Hopkins is a little more talented,
0: but I think Bortles, believe it or not, is more talented. uh, Robinson's in a better situation, probably. I'll agree with that.
1: Okay, so, I mean, you think wide receiver 13 is fair?
0: I think it's right on the money. Right I think, I think 12th, yeah, I'm,
1: 11 to fourteen. I'll anywhere tend to agree. I, I I think I will. I'll tend to agree with you.
0: All right, Rick. Well, let's cut it off here. We could go on in that one, but we spent too much time talking, having a fit about Jarvis Landry and talking about obituaries. <laughs> let's go ahead and line them up real quick. I'm going to start this one. Okay. I think you, you thought any. I don't think this is anyone's division. I think this is Tennessee clear in a away. I might be going crazy. I think Tennessee's an eleven and five team. Yeah, you know, ten to twelve win team. I think they run away with it. They've got it the most together. Now, what's interesting, what's intriguing, <clears throat> is how good the Texans defense is. You have Watt back, you have Clowney back. The, really, the first time these two are going right. to go into a season. I hope I'm not cursing them because they all tend to get hit and hurt in the preseason. Going into a season with those two, Jacksonville's got a tremendous defense, but I think Tennessee's the real deal, the real package. I think they could win eleven or twelve games. I've got Houston. I got Houston at two. Just based on that defense, I don't know what they're going to look like offensively. But they that defense we've seen, even without Watt or without Clowney, one of them can win eight games. If you right. get them two together, the same thing. You could see eight or nine wins. I got Indianapolis, Jacksonville. I think they're sort of together, both around the seven and nine. I even I think even if Luck's healthy, Indianapolis is a seven and nine team. The bad defense, bad offensive line. I don't think even a healthy Andrew Luck can overcome that.
1: I think a healthy Andrew Luck is is one reason why I think it's anybody's division because I think they can steal a game or two against some of these other like – uh, Tennessee. Oh, well, they could just go out and
0: score somebody, yeah. He's out. Oh, forget it. That's then, a three-win then,
1: team. Then they're in the cellar for sure. But I'll go along with you. I'm going Tennessee, Houston, I think within a game of each other. I'm going Jacksonville third, and I'm going Indianapolis fourth because I don't like the offensive line, and I don't like Andrew Luck's shoulder being – still talked about after a slight labrum tear. And, and I worry about him getting beat up even more behind that line. And that is it. We are Flieger and Briggs on the Arena Sports Network.
0: Overtime here on the Arena Sports Network. You are yeah. welcome, folks. Yeah. You are welcome.
1: That's so right. And you can play it anytime you want. If you want to hear that bad
0: obituary, That's nasty true. obituary. Asylum Fantasy Sports dot com, Arenasportsnet.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter. Hey, we'll remind you again next week. Again, this time next week, we are gonna be at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You got a question for Ladanian Tomlinson, Kurt Warner, Jerry Jones, who am I missing, Rick? Uh Terrell Day, Morton Dave. Anderson. Morton Anderson. You got a question you want us to ask? Shoot us over to shoot it over to us at Asylum Football. We'll ask your question, post that up on the website AsylumFantasySports.com. Until next time, I'm out of breath, Rick. We'll see you. Take care.